spiritual gifts. Well, I declare if that doesn't bring us right back to our text passage, and you thought I would never come back here. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, look again. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Welcome to New Life. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church, and I thank you so much. As always, thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in, and I trust the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments around the Word of God. That's what New Life Telecast is all about, bringing to you a balanced approach, a passionate approach, mind you, but a balanced approach to the Word of God, and I trust you would learn and have learned some things here that have been a help to you. It, uh, it's bittersweet for me to be able to uh, suggest to you or to uh, inform you, rather, that uh, this is nearing the end as far as New Life Telecast. Uh, yours truly is retiring from pastoral ministry in April of 2024. So there's only about four months of that left. New Life has decided that they're going to conclude a new life telecast for the time being. It may be back at some time, I don't know, but we're going to conclude next Sunday will be our next weekend. Actually, I go from Sunday to Sunday, but we air Friday and Saturday, and I am so very thankful for WBTW. Uh, they have been more than an excellent partner. I want to be clear that our conclusion of the television ministry has nothing to do with our partners at all. They have been stellar. Uh, so easy to work with and so understanding of our current plight. But next week will be the last edition of New Life Telecast. We appreciate so much those of you that have listened over the, the years and have prayed for us and have spoken to us. Even this past week, I had uh, two chance encounters with some folks that said, Hey, uh, I've heard you on television. I see you on TV. And that, that means the world to us because for me, this is an opportunity for me to share my heart and to tell people, to tell the broader community about uh, my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ, and also to continue to build up that which Jesus purposed to build, and that is His church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. You will be able to continue to receive uh, our telecasts by way of live stream, if you would care to do that, and let me just show you real quick, like our website is nlccalive.com. If you would go there and scroll across until you come to uh, the messages tab, the sermon tab, and go down to live stream. If you click on that, it actually takes you to our YouTube channel, and you can find just a, a host of our teachings there from the most current uh, to going way back in the archives. And I trust that you'll continue to meet with us in that regard. If you do not have a place where you normally gather with God's people, I would encourage you to come out uh, to New Life Community Church. We're going to continue on. Uh, the incoming pastor is uh, Jimmy Foster. Uh, Jimmy has uh, worked with us in our youth awakenings over the last several years. Jimmy and Laura, his wife, actually grew up at New Life. 
and I am excited to be able to introduce them to the community, and hopefully we'll do that in a more formal way, maybe even next week by way of New Life Telecast. But the New Life will continue on with a tremendous presence of ministry here in this little corner of Henry County, Virginia. Now, we're not alone in this. I could name you boo-coos of my comrades out in the community that, and the surrounding areas. They're preaching the gospel and, and loving on people, and they're going to continue to do so, and I'm going to continue to pray with them in that regard. I trust you'd be in prayer for my wife and I as we uh, step aside from 40, nearly 47 years of pastoral ministry and uh, try to see what the next chapter looks like. I'm not getting out of ministry. I want to be clear about that. But uh, stepping aside from pastoral ministry for the time being. Our text passage for uh, this particular teaching is 2 Timothy chapter 1. I've wrestled with the messages to put on new life as we phase out. And the Lord made it very clear to me after this past Sunday that this is the message not only for new life, but for New Life Telecast. Text passes 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, a message that we've titled, Stir It Up. Stir It Up. What a fitting way to go out. I want to read one verse in your hearing, and it's found in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 5, and the record puts it this way. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now, lives in you also. Heavenly Father, I pray and ask in Jesus' name that you would speak to the hearts of every hearer. May they hear these words, not just with their ears, but with their spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart by your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you much. You might be seated. We're sharing with you a thought this morning we've titled Stir It Up. I probably won't be as long as normal, but I'm just going to kind of do this until I'm through. How's that sound? It is no secret that here, and I'm talking about New Life Community Church, it's no secret that Apostle Paul was acquainted with a very special young man that God had brought into his life, a young man by the name of Timothy. Paul wrote not one, but two letters of instruction, and that's what First and Second Timothy is, letters of instruction to this very precious protege, of his. Now, let me remind you or perhaps inform you, depending on the case, of that which Paul put forth very, at a later point in this letter, and it is a huge key to your personal success. Let me do that again. Understanding what I'm about to tell you will be a huge key to your personal success with regards to all things spiritual and it's found in second timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16 16 and 17 to be exact paul says all scripture 
is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. It is God-breathed. It's the very breath of God, and it is useful. He names several things, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why, Paul? So that the man of God may be, the old version says, truly equipped. This version says, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, that leads me to a question that I want to pose to you this morning, and it's simply this. What does that tell us? Look at that again. What does this tell us? And I'll give you the answer, and it's number one on your study notes. It tells us that Paul's godly, spirit-filled instructions to Timothy are what uh, a pastor by the name of John Killinger termed as trans-historic. Trans-historic. Pastor Terry, what in the world does that mean? It means simply that these verses weren't meant for Timothy alone. Paul wrote it to him in the beginning, but it transcends that historic setting. These verses weren't meant for Timothy alone, but for each and every saint of every subsequent generation. I believe that. I believe it's for you, whoever you are. Point to yourself right now and say, it's me. Yeah, don't you hate it when the preacher talks about you? But we're talking to you this morning. Now, one of my favorite passages in all the Word of God is given to us right here in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Look at verse 5. Paul says, I have been reminded. Don't you love good reminders? Don't you love it when when your uh, good memories are stirred up within you. Paul says, I have been reminded of, and notice what he's reminded of. Timothy, I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Timothy had sincere faith. Everybody say that. Sincere faith. What kind of faith? Sincere faith. Listen, beloved, that is a rare commodity among all of mankind, regardless of what generation. It's a rare commodity. But Timothy had sincere faith. In the original, that word sincere, or perhaps some phraseology surrounding it, is comprised of two words, basically meaning, watch this, not to act as a hypocrite, not to act as a hypocrite. He had sincere faith. He was not acting like a phony. Have you ever acted like a phony, a put on? You're all, all during the week, you just kind of do your own thing until you see somebody from the church coming, and then you put on that little thing. Look at your neighbor and say that thing. Uh-huh. Hey, this is not Timothy. He wasn't putting on something fake. Uh, the, the original goes on to, uh, if I might embellish it just a little bit, goes on to mean something like free from hidden agendas, free from selfish motives. And if I had a little more time this morning, I would go even deeper than that, but we'll let that suffice for the present. Beloved, of the many things that grandma and mama can leave behind for the youngins, I cannot think of a more significant one than life-giving faith. Can I get an amen right there? Life-giving faith, faith that will eventually manifest as an inheritance of eternal life. So Paul begins 
in verse number six with this. He says to Timothy, for this reason. What reason? The reason or the grounds or the basis, Timothy, that you have a genuine living faith manifesting from within yourself because you have been rescued from sin and set apart for the service of our glorious Lord and our Savior, Christ Jesus. Here, Timothy, is what I am preaching to you, what I am prescribing for you for your life. Again, verse number six, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Look at that. Fan into flame the gift of God. In other words, Paul is saying to young Timothy, stir up the gift, Timothy. Stir it up. Number two on your study notes. Will you think with me about all the things that you can do with gifts? What an appropriate time of the year to talk about this. All the things that we can do with gifts. Isn't it true, sad but true, many of the trinkets that you're going to receive Monday week, not next Monday, many of those things will be exchanged. You ever find yourself standing in that customer service line thinking, I hope the person that gave me this doesn't come by? Many of those things will be exchanged. Many of them will be shelved like an elf. Many of them will be soon neglected, forgotten about. Many of them will become what I refer to as whatnots. Do you understand whatnots? Does that still interpret basically a good-for-nothing collector of dust? Many of them will be broken. Many of those things that we have longed for and looked for and waited for and spent money on, many of those things will be broken. Watch this. Even before the wrapping paper is disposed of properly. But this gift, this gift entrusted to young Timothy is different. First of all, it did not and it never will come from Amazon. Say amen right there. It won't come from Amazon. It did not and it cannot be brought forth by another person, another human being. Its wrapping is, is very unique. It's, it's initially described for us in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 7 refers to, or it is referred to as everything from swaddling clothes to simple clothes. Later in Luke 23, 34, we discover this about Jesus' clothes. His clothes were divided up and gambled over. I would say to you this morning, the gift was unwrapped. At the conclusion of Luke's account, we have this, chapter 24 and verse 49. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. I'm going to send you, but you stay in the city until you're clothed with something Powerful. Number three on your study notes, beloved, that garment of power is further identified by Luke, who also gave us the book of Acts. It's further identified by Luke as the gift, the gift 
in the opening verses of Acts chapter 1 and verse number 4. Look at that with me. Acts 1 and 4. We are instructed on one occasion while he was eating with them, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. What did he give them, church? He gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. The gift my father promised. Beloved, the gift, that gift was the baptism with Holy Spirit. Let me do that again. That gift, the gift that Luke was talking about here in Acts chapter 1 are recorded for us. Actually, Jesus giving us these, uh, these words. That gift was the baptism with Holy Spirit. That's what we were told to wait upon. I have preached to you on many occasions over the past 26 years that upon our confession of and our repentance from a lifestyle of sin, we receive forgiveness of our sins. Those sin, that sin debt is laid aside. That, beloved, makes us a fit candidate for heaven. But we also receive, watch this, this isn't taught very much, or if it is taught, it isn't caught in a lot of places these days. We also also receive an infilling with God's Holy Spirit to make us enabled to live out a lifestyle of holiness in this present existence. You understand? We're talking about eternity and we're talking about this present existence. We're talking about eternal life and we're talking about being filled with Holy Spirit. Listen, when Holy Spirit moves in, he brings along some furniture. You know that, namely spiritual fruit. Everybody say fruit. And I'm not talking apples, nanners, and oranges. It's spiritual fruit, love, joy, peace, goodness. There's nine components of them. Concludes with self-control. He brings in, in or along with him fruit and also spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Well, I declare, if that doesn't bring us right back to our text passage, and you thought I would never come back here. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, look again. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Timothy, stir up the gift. Stir it up. Number four on your study notes, beloved, the original word translated stir up denotes this, it denotes the rekindling of a fire. The rekindling of a fire. Will you consider with me that by and large all fires will eventually die down if they're left to themselves because they will have burned up all that has served uh, as a fuel source. But you can add in you can contribute some additional fuel and you can stir up the smoldering embers and it's almost like magic when that catches up, just poof, it begins again and regains that fire, can regain momentum and is soon enough roaring again. Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. Paul was advising Timothy to purpose to keep his spiritual gift fueled and active so that it did not become a pile of dusty, gray, good-for-nothing ashes. Are you with me so far? 
Paul wanted to make sure, and I'm quoting someone, I'm not real sure, but somebody I read after uh, this week said this, Paul wanted to make sure that Timothy used the gift he had been given effectively for the glory of God. I understand that. That's my heart for you as members and attendees of New Life Community Church and those of you listening by way of live stream, whether live or later on, my desire, my heart is that you would know and understand what your spiritual giftings are, what your spiritual gifts are, and to effectively use them. Why? So that I might be glorified or New Life might be glorified? Not at all. For the glory of God. Identical to Timothy, The gifts we receive from the Lord through the filling of the Holy Spirit need to be stirred up. You need to be stirred up. Say amen right there. In fact, if I've ever seen a church needed to be stirred up, new life does right now. Those gifts need to be stirred up. Now, listen, our gifts, your gifts, I should say, will not be alike mine. Mine will not be alike yours, by and large. Your gifts will not be like Timothy's. Timothy's gifts may not be like yours or mine. But regardless of whether they're one and the same or not, we each have a gift, and God has purpose for that gift to be stirred among us. I find it fascinating, absolutely fascinating, that we can pinpoint One, not one, or two, or just three spiritual gifts from the Word of God. But actually, there are 27 different definable gifts. Are you tracking with me? You'll want to write that on your notes somewhere. How many different gifts? 27, and they're all listed on the spiritual gifts inventory that we use here in our membership class as well as our one-to-one discipleship. Now, I want you to consider this with me. Every last one of those gifts, all 27 of those gifts have been envisioned and purposed and brought forth upon the body of Christ in every generation of the church. I believe that. Listen to this. Spiritual gifts are not, they have not, and will never be my idea or my invention. This is not just some cool thing that I come up with. I've come up with a couple of cool things, but this is not one of them. Listen, beloved, the spiritual gifts are fundamentally, are a fundamental and essential component of God's plan. Did you know that? There's a lot of people in a lot of churches in a lot of places around a lot of countries that have no earthly idea that spiritual gifts are a fundamental basic part and an essential part of God's plan for his church. Now, I would caution you. I would caution you to be very cautious how you handle such spiritual gifts. And let me uh, present it to you this way. I'm headed to number five on your study notes. Which of the spiritual gifts is the most important one? I would suggest to you it is the one that you have received. 
that should be the most important one to you. Now, you have to be careful. And let me just throw out this little, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on this. Every spiritual gift has strengths. Every spiritual gift has weaknesses. When we all come together, we're all strong together. It seems like the strong uh, fills in for the weak, and the, the weak just kind of help out with it. It's just all kind of works together. But one of the weaknesses of spiritual gifts is when we do have one, we think that is the only one. Now, that's not the only one. How many are there? So that means some other people will have a different gift than what you have. But what I'm trying to say to you is the most important one to you should be the one you have. Does that make sense? Should be the one you key in on. Should be the one you focus on. And listen, beloved, if God presented to you a gift which he has, first of all, if you're born again, you receive Holy Spirit, the gift, and the gift brings with him furniture, Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. And let me put this to you in conclusion. Do you claim to be a follower of Christ? Have you been born again, born anew of the Spirit? And if, are you in receipt of the baptism with the Holy Spirit, the infilling of Holy Spirit? If so, God has brought to you through that process of Holy Spirit infilling, God has brought to you certain gifts, supernatural abilities to, to engage his business, a role in his kingdom building work. Now, are you aware of that gift in your own life? Listen to me. I'm not talking about your brother, your sister, or someone else that you may know, but you personally. Are you aware of what that gifting is in your own life? There's a way to find that out through the church, through the body of Christ. In fact, the spiritual gifts is the means by which you connect with the other members of the body of Christ to fulfill God's work in your life through the church and in the world or out among the world. Are you aware of what your gifts are? And if so, are you using them? Now, a lot of people clamor about gifts, and in particular, certain gifts. And then some gifts are really promoted over and above others. That's not very biblical. In fact, it's not biblical at all, and it's not fair. What's fair is to find out what God and what's right and what's balanced is to find out what God has purposed for you, to realize what that is, and then resolve to, to have at it with every fiber of your being. Are you working to mature the gifts that you have been given? It's my prayer that you would discover your gifts, discover your role among the body of Christ, and resolve personally inside, make a willful decision that you are going to work at that with every fiber of your being, realizing that God has blessed you with life and given you these gifts, and you're giving them back to Him by means of the service that you engage week in and week out, day by day, moment by moment. That is the essence of the Christian walk, the Christian experience, the lifestyle of holiness a lifestyle dedicated and separated to the things of God in pursuit of the things of God. Father, I thank you for each one listening into this telecast. It's so very important to understand this essential, fundamental message. And I pray that each one will and will resolve to be about your business according to your plan and your purpose for their life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And let me remind you again, it's so very important to connect with a local church. Uh, the, the only church is the local church, if you want to get right down to it. New Life has a regular schedule of activities Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Full orb of activities on Sunday morning. We also have midweek activities Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. 
something for every member of the family. Whether you're very young or like myself, uh, entering into the senior saint realm. We have something for all of you. Come on out and check it out. Again, check out our website. Remember that our live stream uh, telecast or, or uh, video is available there. Video, audio, podcast, whatever, whatever you're looking for, it's there on our website. Check it out. I'm Terry Knight, and I have to get out of here. I want to remind you, beloved, that we uh, that, uh, trust that you're going to have a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?